Hello. Hey. Hey. Hello. Um, Hi. Other podcast guests don't listen to this. Krista. Hello. <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> I'm glad this is special for me. <laughs> we did it. We wrestled Skype and now it's going to let us talk, which is cool that we have to fight a piece of software that's meant for communication to let it do what it's supposed to. I've spent my whole life in Mortal Kombat with software. Um, <laughs> it's all come to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now, do you go for like more of a bicycle kick or like um, a low fireball when you're doing that? I go straight to the Shoryuken. I think that's the okay. Most well, way. that is a different franchise, um, but <laughs> I will allow it. Um, Ring out! Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry about me. Um, <laughs> well, we are off yeah. to a start. Some kind of start. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it's all happening. Um, how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I've been playing Neo, and it's something. Neo. Uh, is that yeah. the game that I have seen people talking about? It's spelled N-I-O-H? Yes, the one and only. Um, it is not Dark Souls. Okay. Um, so, as someone who doesn't know about video games... Um, I understand that there are a number of games that aren't Dark Souls. Um, Only a couple. Only a couple. There are a few. Mario Party isn't Dark Souls. Um, it's the Dark Souls of Friendship. Jeopardy, the video game, isn't Dark Souls. But neither is Neo. Yeah. It's, yeah, these things are all similar in that they aren't. They're not nominally. They're nominally not Dark Souls, but you know, spiritually, you know, everything is Dark Souls. Okay, so what? Um, it's a very interesting uh, theology that you cosmology that you've constructed. Um, what is this? What is Neo? Because as best I can tell, this is a game about a robot who maybe has a butthole, but maybe that was photoshopped. I don't know. Um, you know, that's near, which is similar to Neo in the first two letters, but then it gets a little bit diverges towards the end. Okay, yeah. So I that's how much I know about video games is that I get confused when they share 50% of the same letters. I'm like, oh, that's the same thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my brain. They are the same at that point. Um, so what is Neo then? It is Team Ninja, um, the uh, people who did Ninja Gaiden, um, trying to make Dark Souls, kind of. And it sort of works, and it sort of really doesn't, and it's strange. Now, okay, are they the same people who also produce the, uh, talking about, speaking about fighting games, are they the same people who produce the Dead or Alive franchise? Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the game which changed my life. Well, I think it changed all of our lives, because we're talking about a game where there's an age setting in the options menu that goes from 1 to 99. And what that does, what that function does, is actually uh, put a little modifier, put a spin, if you will, on the mm -hmm. um, 
the bounce physics in that game so that if you are a 99-year-old, a very, very old person playing the game, um, it's just things are just wet and wild. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're one years old, I think mm-hmm. there is, still is some, but it's fairly tame. But if you are a 99-year-old, which is the oldest that you can be, um, it's just it's things are just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. No, when I was when I was. See, I I first played Dead or Alive when I was oh god, knee high to a grasshopper. Must have been like three years old. And boy, I just let me tell you, those that the physics in that sure did um, introduce me to so many feelings. And then I played the volleyball one for uh, an embarrassing amount of time because when I was in high school, I did the I did the achievements thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the second most embarrassing thing about my life is that I spent 127 hours playing Final Fantasy 14 or 13. But then the most embarrassing thing about my life is that I got all the achievements in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 2, which means you have to court every single one of those girls and buy them a lot of things. <laughs> and I was 17 and had a lot of feelings. I didn't know what I was what to do with and clearly wasn't putting them in the right direction you were just so that really was- deeply invested in volleyball it's a confusing time in a young person's life when they're uh-huh. just really just enamored with volleyball and are just they just need an outlet for it and i think it's really important that we give teens a safe space to explore volleyball um uh-huh. without shame really is what i think um and i do remember that um, I had a little flashback to that game when uh, Super Mario Run on the iOS came out recently, because right. because Nintendo's branding decision for the Super Mario Run video game was um, it's a new kind of Mario game that you can play with one hand, and um, <laughs> they really seemed to zero in on that. They were really, really enamored with that idea and um Mm -hmm. the last time i had heard that as a a a sort of usp for a video game was with dead or alive beach extreme beach extreme volleyball um Mm -hmm. where they were sort of saying um hey hey teens you can play this game with one hand so you know what you could do you could play two instances of this game at the same time running on two different Xboxes. That would be yeah, pretty that's cool. How, that's how Xbox dominated the uh They sold the just they market. sold twice as many consoles as everyone else because people were mm-hmm. just buying two of them to play two dead or alive. See, I'm reminded of the old Sega Game Gear ads where they were like, Hey, if you you play with this Game Gear and it'll you can masturbate too. And I Honestly, that was a savvy marketing decision, and I think Sega of America, I mean, they did a lot of great things, um, but I think that was probably the best thing that they did. Yeah, it was mean, when they. Yeah, marketing video game marketing in the '90s and early 2000s just got buck wild, huh? They were just like, "Hey, hey, jerking off, mm-hmm. nice." Have you, have you considered? There was a. Um, my favorite Sega of America story is that when they were making Streets of Rage 2, you know, you've got this game that's like, hey, look, queer, like, ball culture. And, like, uh, there's a lot of um, cool stuff going on with that. And, like, we've got all this house music. Everything sounds like Delight and Black Box. So, you know, what we should do is instead of throwing, like, a house party or, like, doing something like that, 
to promote our game. Instead, what we should do is we should demolish a building in the middle of Chicago because nothing says gays wrestling in the streets like a demolition. Um, that's really that's where my mind goes immediately. I think Paris is burning, and the next thing I'm just you know, imploding. That's where I go. So yeah, I, sake of America. What were they doing in the 90s? What was Sega of America's deal? Like, okay, I want to talk to you about this because I've been thinking about this lately. And, like, Nintendo as a company, they've had some missteps. And, like, certainly they've had some, you know, they've had their their sort of marks on their permanent record over the years. And they've sort of done some, put out a lot of derivative work. And they get lazy as much as any other big corporation. But, like, Sega as a company, has just, like, done, like, we're going to blow up a building to promote the game where you punch people. Um, Oh, Sonic? Where did he come from? Oh, he ran too fast and turned blue. And also, uh, Dr. Robotnik used to be a normal man who got merged with an egg, and that might have come from England and not Sega of America. But but the point stands, right? They're just sort of, like whatever we're just gonna make stuff up we're just gonna do whatever yeah you're oh god you're gonna get me going off uh this, go 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 this is actually like my big point of frustration with um sega like i one of the reasons i'm really super passionate and like talk about sega a lot is because like sega of japan as an entity was like this very i mean you have a company that was founded by American interests in Hawaii post-war that was bought out by um, Japanese investors and kind of turned into this mass market cultural product. And then you have Tom Kalinske come in, fucking Hasbro toy man, and he goes, let's take this hedgehog and let's just amplify the hell out of it. And suddenly Bernie Stoller's saying, oh, Saturn, we'll just release it whenever. I guess we don't need a RAM cartridge. Nobody's buying RPGs. Hey, what's Final Fantasy? And like, it's they're just running this thing into the ground in service of like what this Americanized version of what Japanese culture should be marketable as. Whereas Sega of Japan is out here like doing all these cool things. Um, I mean, Yu Suzuki's games, I feel like there's like this real big cultural like um, headbutt between like where, what Shinmu was marketed as here and how it was received in Japan. But like you, we just here in the West, we just kind of focus on how Sega was presented and received through the lens of Sonic, mostly. And it's it's a real fucking disservice, I feel like. Um, it frustrates me. Um, <laughs> Have you read... Um, there's a really good book, and I'm not just saying that because I'm quoted on it. Um, there's a book mm-hmm, called sure. Dreamcast Worlds. And it's by... Um, Oh, I don't remember his name, but um, it's about the history of the Dreamcast, and it's like an actor network theory analysis of the Dreamcast and how it happened, and like just all of the kind of like technical and also like corporate factors that went into it, and basically why it became this weird mutant disaster for Sega. I've heard of this. I have not read it. Um, it's a good book, <laughs> but. The Dreamcast is such a weird thing. I, it's so blatantly obvious that that is a, a machine designed specifically to play Shenmue that <laughs> like uses a clearly just device so that the way he wanted it to because the Saturn couldn't. And then I, they, the whole like the way Sega re 
structured their entire company to basically build these artist collectives around like United Game Artists over here doing Res and Space Channel 5. You got like Smilebit, AM2, Sonic Team, like just off in their own little corners doing weird shit. And then Sega just figuring out a way to market it sometimes well. Sometimes they made a Maraca set that cost $100. (laughs) Hey, hey, what if, um, what if we made a game that you needed a peripheral for that was not useful for and like that was such a (laughs) one-to-one representation of the object it was meant to portray that there was no possible way it could be applicable to any other game that wasn't about a monkey shaking maracas um Mm -hmm. also what if we made a game where um what if we made a microphone and Uh mostly what the microphone is for is talking to a fish with a man's head and um that's what you use that for. See, I that like on its face that is so blatantly ridiculous. Also, the fishing controller does work with Virtua Tennis. Take that, Nintendo. <laughs> um, you can you can swing it around, but I do actually. My the only, the main thing I'm really excited about the Switch for is like the promise of that again because there's something really magical about like how the Dreamcast controller can is basically just this modular entity that you can just turn it. I'm playing a fishing game now. Now I have this weird thing. Okay, put that away. I guess I'm going to play Quake 3 online, or not Quake 3, uh, Alien Front online. And I have a microphone now so I can talk to people. Like it's it's such a fluid relationship with the device that you have. And I think there's something really kind of special and like magical about that. Um, but it is weird. No, it yeah, is it, is, it is special. Like, I mean... I've owned two Dreamcasts, and if I ever buy another video game console, I will likely own a third Dreamcast. Um, it's It was such a weird console because, and the book covers some of this, but it was like sort of emerging in like, you know, consumer internet access was becoming kind of a pretty big deal. And so it has like online connectivity that you can use to like download a santa costume for sonic or like play fantasy star online but the internet was such a novelty still and like yeah it has these weird memory cards that are like tamagotchis with these sonic characters on them it was just a weird wild time the early 2000s yeah and limp biscuit was you know yeah fred durst was kicking your ass whenever you were playing (laughs) whenever you were playing um choo-choo rocket fred durst was just like wrecking your shit on the other end of the phone line yeah i heard i heard actually when they took down the ios port of choo-choo rocket fred durst was um personally uh he filed grievances yeah well he was on all the leaderboards yeah (laughs) so i can understand that i mean it's like that seinfeld episode where george wants to rescue the frogger machine Mm-hmm. He actually he filed um, he filed a court order for a name change to make to change his name to Fred first, and <laughs> you know we I've been there and I know how much that how much that can suck. So I, well, I feel for it. Yeah, I mean you know um, I mean I've made this joke before and it's very hacky and I know other people have sort of picked up on this too, but I feel like they were really ahead of their time. Like you know um, in rolling, do you know? Are you familiar with that particular work? The song, the song Roll In, I believe it's Roll In with an apostrophe. By, by Roll In with an apostrophe. No, I, I'm not familiar with okay, much well, of Okay, well, there is a line. You're not familiar with their over. Okay, well, um, well, there is a line where they say, uh, hey, ladies, fellas, 
mm-hmm. the people who don't give a fuck. Um, so I feel like they were really sort of ahead of the curve on that because they're sort of introducing the idea of a whole third category of people who mm-hmm. we would now call non-binary, but Limbiscuit sort of referred to as people who don't give a fuck. <laughs> Which is just really, I just think it's really, like, fascinating. That is, that is really on the point. Yeah, it is, I, I'd never thought of Limp Bizkit as gender revolutionaries until now, but you've really opened my eyes. I, hmm. But where yeah. does thing fall on, on this? Oh, that is a very good question that I haven't. Re- I mean, my my dissertation is really more just sort of focused on Limbiscuit, and you know, when it gets expanded into a book, it will cover the full range of post grunge and new mm-hmm. metal. Um, now, Hoobastank, <laughs> um, uh, what are their hits? Um, you know, I honestly, do they have hits? Um, they've got the reason. I'm looking this up now. They've got the reason. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the reason? Why? Why did they? What was? The, I'm gonna look that up right now. Who was saying? What was the reason? Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go to Easy Lyrics, which I'm surprised still exists in 2017. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right. The reason is you. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Well, that's nice of them. Thanks, Hoobastank. Oh, oh, Hoobastank. How sweet. Oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> well, but no. here is the here is how the song goes, or here is the chorus. I found a reason for me to uh-huh. change who I used to be, a reason to start oh. over new, and the reason is you. So you know you can sort of take that any number of ways. Um, I think it's a rich text, really. I'm beginning to think that this whole, um, this whole spate of alternative metal, post-grunge, et cetera, was really, I mean, the precursor to, like, the gender revolution. Because um, I'm seeing a lot. Did you know Hoobastank often stylized their, uh, their name with an infinity sign instead of the two O's? Just, are, you allowed, are you allowed to do that? Can you well if you're allowed to name yourself Huba Stank, I feel like at that point you cast you know all you've thrown all caution to the wind. Um I am gonna search what does Huba Stank mean at this point. Um Their first album is called Muffins. What? It is a very ska and funk themed release rather than their recognized post grunge sound. Oh my god. Locked in at a whole twenty minutes and three seconds has a song called show me your tits with a z oh my god <laughs> the, the, z, the z is on tits not show <sighs> wait <laughs> it's okay it's not t- um okay it doesn't mean anything apparently they've been active since 1994 that's impossible i'm two years older than hoobastank i hate it their first they're, they're used to be called Hoobu Stank. H-O-O-B-U Stank. Oh, my God. And in 1998, they released a song called Karma Patrol. How how close is that to the release date of Karma Police? Oh, my God. A full 
four months after the release of Karma Police. Oh my god. Uh, was this intended? Now, this is like when I discovered that um, Smash Mouth, um, mm-hmm. who you may know. Um, I'm, I'm familiar yeah so i recently discovered that um there is a song on smash mouth's debut studio album fush you mang um called nervous in the alley and when i rediscovered that recently i was like is this a cover of the less than jake song nervous in the alley but actually Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with it and it predates that song Wow. So, you know, great minds, really. I, I cannot I cannot remember the last time I thought about less than Jake and I I'm always compelled to ask how does one how does one quantify Jake and their therein find their place, you know, as as le- as less than that. Cuz yeah. Jake isn't really quantifiable. Jake is it's not well, there's no sass on Jake. Yeah, I mean, Jake is a string, right? So we can't. Um, what is that going to return? Like, null does not add a computer word where it's like, no thanks, no thank you. It's, it's, their their most recent studio album was released in 2013. Less than Jake. Wow. I listened to a less than jake live album about a week ago and uh well yeah thank you for your condolences um it the lead singer i don't know if he still has dreads um Mm. he did at one point uh for sure in the video for um uh i don't know my own worst enemy is that the name of that song it's something like that I think they sure they I'm sure all that. Yeah, they were uh there was a lot of banter in the live album, a lot of stage banter, mm-hmm. a lot of greasing up the crowd. Um Yeah. Just like stop making that, Yeah, um, mostly it was just him talking about wanting to do sex. Um which seemed kind <laughs> of sad that like I know it's less than Jake, but like still it's a successful by some definition band like you shouldn't be like that seems like something you do when you're coming up if you ever do it like Mm -hmm. it just seemed really desperate and sad and i was really depressed listening to this less than jake album and i had to stop well i mean we've all been there i i I do want to point out though that less than jake uh, it has a new EP called Sound the Alarm, which is due for release in February 2017 at Pure Noise Records. Well, um, can I point out that Hoobastank began recording their sixth studio album in November of 2016? Oh, God, it's all happening. Is there going to be a Cherry Pop and Daddy's uh, re- release in the near future? <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. There must be. Um, Eugene controversies and censorship. What? Wait, I'm by the. Okay. Mm, mm, This is delicious. I'm okay. Is it? (laughs) This is. Does it taste like? Don't. 
Anyway. Don't. Sorry about me. Go on. Um, can I read you a sentence? Please. Um, okay. Well, a typical daddy's performance would often feature go-go dancers, phallic stage scenery, prop-heavy vaudevillian skits, and choreographed dance numbers. And um, Perry, who is, I guess, one of the daddies, performing under the mad scientist stage persona of MC Large Drink, would engage in absurdist shock rock antics such as mock crucifixion, flag burning, and slathering his body with various foods and liquids. The most oh. infamous attempt was the Dildorado, alternately Dildozer, a penis-shaped modified ride-on lawnmower which mimicked ejaculation by shooting salvos of colorful fluids uh, from its tip. Okay. I'm just going to end the podcast right there, and I don't just mean this episode. Um, I do mm-hmm. mean the show. This is yeah. It, it's been just completely ruined by that. Um, no, there's no coming back from that. Coming, yeah. Um, coincidentally, their last album is called The Boopadoo, which isn't that just cute? The Boopadoo. People protested. People protested the Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> I, I I do every day. I continue to live. I, I mean, yeah, existing is a protest against them. I feel like it's a political act. Mm-hmm. It's retaliation. Yeah. They, um, wow. Okay. <laughs> ska vans, though. Ska. Why are we, why are we talking about ska? I, I don't what know. Did, we need to get off we, it. Yeah. I, I never want to be adjacent to ska. <laughs> no. Um, Which coincidentally would be a great name for the Scott album, Adjacent to Scott. It would be Scott Adjacent. Scadjacent. <laughs> um, now, I am looking at my mentions right now, and. Um, oh, no. Ah, wow. Do I have some people in here talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and his body? Oh, trying to keep this, uh, trying to keep this PG, trying to just talk about how Sonic is a Christ figure because he came back from, from being not alive to being alive Uh again. Um, and he, he rescued, he saved us from, uh, Iblis. Um, Yeah, that was the one. Mm-hmm. I do know the full plot of Sonic 06, so, um, yeah, I mean, I have read my scriptures. Sure. I don't yeah, know about I mean, you. Your daily devotions. Well, I, so, another fun achievement. The third most embarrassing thing about my life is that, um, for achievements, I did play through Sonic 06 and 100% it, but no! I was loaning my... I was well. It gets worse. I was loaning my online my play, Xbox Live, my Xbox Live. I was, I was loaning my Xbox Live to a friend so that they could piggyback. It was a whole. Anyway, so I was offline when I finally 100%ed Sonic 06, and then when I got my Xbox Live back, it sure did not register that last achievement. So I ultimately 100%ed Sonic 06 twice, and then for a charity stream last November, 
I sure did play Sonic 06 for 24 hours on stream. Um, so I, I'm intimately familiar with mm. that particular piece of software. Mm, mm, mm. Positively intimate. Now, now for people who who aren't as intimately aware, um, I guess what I would say about that game is that, you know, you know Sonic the Hedgehog, he's blue, he runs in a robot, he fights a man who looks like an egg. Well, this game was the 15th, I think, 15th anniversary? Um, it was the... Yeah, it was 2006, 91, it adds up. 15. Yeah, it was the 15th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog's birth, and Sega was like, we want a new game to really just, like, redefine Sonic. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And then Sega's like, it has to be done by this year. And they're like, okay. And then they're like, hey, are we going to get it out by this year? And they're like, uh, yeah, here it is. And um, it's uh, a really interesting mess because just on a fundamental level, it doesn't work. Like as a video game product, it is broken in so many ways, like basic functionality isn't implemented um like you objects you'd expect to be solid aren't or like things you expect to be able to do you cannot and it's this huge sprawling mass that they tried to make so expansive and huge and introduce so many different narrative and and gameplay elements and none of them really worked and also sonic gets killed and comes back to life when a human woman kisses him and i really want to i want to i want to underline that point that a woman, a human woman does in fact kiss Sonic the Hedgehog on the mouth with her mouth part. And then he is not dead anymore. Um, because it's really, it really is worth stressing. Um, there's another great thing about Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, which is that at one point in the game, they just decided that they didn't want to take out or they forgot to take out a point where a car- a voice actor what's their line. <laughs> Says, oh, oh I, I didn't mean to say that. And let me do it again. And does it again. Um, <laughs> playing the game. And it's like, Shadow, go to Wave Ocean. Oh, wait. Go to go to Wave Ocean. Shadow, go to Wave Ocean. <laughs> okay. Just, I guess so. And then they tried to make it Final Fantasy also. Um, I don't know quite what the architecture is supposed to be, except upsetting. Because it is it's it's a mess it's it is i'm pretty sure the thing that un, without a doubt killed whatever sega was before sammy kind of bought them and everybody kind of left after it it's it is such a weird fucking game it's very weird um and yeah the whole decision to be like we want sonic to be more adult and relate to more people and we really think that what will do that is for him to kiss a human woman on the mouth um just really get in there and really just have that be a central focus of the narrative and then i do enjoy that the ending of the video game is basically um a uh, a sort of no we're sorry none of this actually happened we we're resetting the timeline um, just forget all of this. We are so, so sorry. Yeah, and it's really not, it's not, a, no apology in the world could really make up for it. So I, there's one hedgehog whose head is a hand, and I'm not sure. 
<laughs> He's from what the future. There? Where everyone, where everyone's heads are just hands. Well, that's how In they the have future. psychic powers. Mm, I see. It's like a, a hand caressing the brain, kind of like Bloodborne. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is like that. Um, Sonic 06 is essentially Bloodborne. Now, what is Bloodborne? Oh, God. Because I see you talking about this, and um, I don't know what video games are. Um, is oh, it no, Dark no. Souls? It is. Uh, okay. It is roughly Dark Souls. So, is- actually, I lied. I do know what it is because I watched a Monster Factory video on it. And so mm-hmm. it's a game about a toucan man who yeah. refuses to use guns. It it is that it is that sometimes. Um, it's uh, Bloodborne. I don't even know where to start with Bloodborne. It's a game where you where you get a giant um, impaling staff, and you can just kind of stab it right inside your your gutty works, tear it out, and it just grows tumors. Um, and you can use that to beat a monster to death while it's screaming and flailing its placenta at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing that's in Bloodborne. So that's I pretty that normal. Kind of I mean, that's in every video game, including Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part of um, Tales <laughs> Adventure. My favorite part of, of Tales Adventure is when he rips out his own organs and is sort of just screaming at the monsters and murdering them with his own organs that's my favorite part and he's in a really cute little like or he's flying around which is really cute yeah and he's like so, flailing around. like yeah yeah um yeah my my personally my favorite part of tales in the music maker which i'm here looking at right now for the sake of pico for the really sega uh-huh. now the sega pico that was a children's sort of like entertainment it was like a book kind of wasn't it it was the computer that thinks it's a toy um i think that was what they called it uh but it was it had these cartridges they called storyware is basically a genesis that had these little book things and it could tell what page you were turned to and you could use a pin to touch on the book things and it would maybe teach you about like how numbers do and i had that and played way too much of it um and did not have any other understanding of what Sonic was until I was about seven. Seven or eight. Or, well, yeah. And so I thought Sonic was about learning how to, to do numbers for a long time. Mm. Now, when the Pico came out, I was already about um, 32 years old. So um, <laughs> I was like looking at it and being like, oh, man, that Tails game though that looks real good but i can't play it because it's for babies and all i can play is um sonic 3d blast and sonic <laughs> labyrinth i sure wish i could play those baby tales games but um but that is yeah. interesting that you sort of came into that franchise as it's interesting that you seem to uh have really stuck with it despite sort of coming into it as basically a donkey kong junior math kind of scenario mm-hmm. well and it was it was convenient because you know tales the music maker the the second part of that you know concept is music maker and i don't do that with you know so it's interesting to have 
sonic be the thing that I really gravitated towards and not the music part. Mm, yeah, um, I mean, you don't seem to really talk about music very much on Twitter. No, and I don't make, I don't make it. Right, right yeah. So, <laughs> Tell me about your real album that you make or made and tell me about your music. Tell everyone about okay. your music. Everyone. Hi. So I made an album called Welcome to the... Well, okay. So first I made three Vaporwave albums because I was sad and in college. And <laughs> that's what you do apparently is you just take Altero, rest in peace, and just slow it down real good and then put that out. So I did that. And then I made a couple EPs. And then I made an album called Welcome to the Fantasy Zone that's like 12 tracks that kind of resemble Sega songs. I like Sega. And um, yeah, I did that. And now, now I'm doing another one because I everybody yelled at me to do another one. <laughs> so yeah, they're like uh, electronic kind of chiptune. They're not actually chiptune, but they're kind of in that style uh, that are like, hey, remember OutRun? Well, this is kind of how that sort of sounded. Remember Nice in the Dreams? I sure do. Here's that, but for 12 songs. And now the next one is going to be trashy EDM. It's just 90s drum and bass and trap and dubstep. I'm doing Vector Man dubstep. Because <laughs> I have depression. Now, um, so. now Vector Man, um, mm-hmm. now he was... Uh, he was like a guy who, he was like, um, he came out of like Corel Draw was his thing. And, uh. Was that his thing? And he was fighting like a pixel guy, like a pixel man. And he, mm-hmm. he, the thing about him is that he could expand to like any size and not lose image quality, I think. Right, right. I, you may be conflating him with Alex Kidd. Okay, yeah, no, I was just making, um, yeah, that was just a vector format um, kind of thing, but it could probably be Alex Kidd, too. Mm-hmm. No, he's not a Vectrax. He's he's an orb boy. He's made of orbs. He's an orb boy. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if Vector Man and Zenyatta kissed, what would happen? Um, I don't really want to think about that too much that scenario um a whole lot of orbs uh it would be orb it would be orbs um now zanyata is a character from uh from uh battleborn i think <laughs> yeah definitely um no you're no you're thinking of prey Prey, yeah, yeah. Did you see that? There was an article about how Battleborn fans were really trying to make Battleborn happen by like writing mm-hmm. fanfic about it and stuff. Like, stop trying to make Battleborn happen. It's nobody's. Nobody is interested, guys. It's not going to happen. Cares. There's. I mean, who? Why would you even? There's not. There's no lesbians in Battleborn. So why would you? Now, is that something that is in the Overwatch game? Because I've never heard that. I so I don't think it's confirmed. 
I think it's uh, speculation. But there are, in fact, lesbians in Overwatch. Um, but I wouldn't know. I don't. I don't play Overwatch because somebody yelled at me once on it, and it made me really upset. And I uninstalled it. Yeah, I mean, um, I rage quit Overwatch so hard one time that I deleted uh the playstation online like i unsubscribed from it i deleted overwatch off of my console and then i was like i don't have ps online anymore Um, i mean i think that's a fair reaction i think so too because um yeah sonic isn't really in that game is the thing um and that was kind of a a, a problem for me. Um, I really am only interested in media that um, that I can make somehow about him, really, <laughs> or conversations right. also that I can make about him. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually am really curious because you've been on some weird horrific deep dive of sonic yeah. the hedgehog lately yeah i don't know how you talk about it mm, mm. my brain has broken is basically the thing um <laughs> i have been housebound for a while i've been recovering uh-huh. from some medical issues and um basically i've been in a space where i haven't been able to watch any um uh haven't felt emotionally equipped really to watch any kind of um drama or anything uh you know er- enriching or uh oh. narratively compelling and physically um watching comedy has been sort of physically painful to me um and um just because the laughing will sometimes cause me some pain in my body. So um, basically what I found is that I can watch Sonic the Hedgehog Let's Plays and they're really just this sort of, um, it's like, um, what is it? It's just kind of like bread, really. Um, Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just kind of there. It's kind of like watching a Bellatar marathon, like Satan Tango, and then right into yeah, right into the Turin horse, and you just don't feel anything except yeah, yeah. It's um, so it's just like I've just been watching all of them by this one let's player that I know, um, whose videos I've been watching for years for some reason. Just I just stumbled onto them, and I'm like, I guess I like this series or this LP or now, um. And so, like, I watched the games that are, like, good, and then I was like, well, I guess I'm watching this full Shadow the Hedgehog, this full 25-part Shadow the Hedgehog Let's Play now. I guess that's what I'm doing today. Well, that's that's, that's my day. That's not good self-care. Well, I mean, Shadow does have guns, though, which is pretty cool. He has damn guns. He says damn a lot, which is the thing. He's really cool in that way. I do like that. It's pretty yeah, hot. It's, it's pretty badass. When he's, and he when rides he's a, a motorcycle. 
what a cool guy. I mean, he's really fast, but then he's like, I could run, but I could also ride a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. That was my, my, well, my favorite thing about Shadow the Hedgehog is that the president is like super, super palsy with him. Mm-hmm. He um, has a photo on his desk of Sonic and Shadow, like, stand posing. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at mine right now and just getting lost in his eyes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Have you ever thought about the, the fact that the one defining, like, universal defining characteristic of hedgehogs, because they, like, we've as we've discussed, they have hands for heads sometimes, but also whatever amy's just got kind of a normal head but the one mutual defining characteristic of hedgehogs is that they all have just the one eye that kind of has like a divot like in the middle but it doesn't it's still one eye it's like one oh my god that's the one like all the hedgehog like mighty the armadillo has got two two big old blinkers but you know uh amy rose just that one weird eye thing now I'm seeing some art of Mighty here, and he does have one eye also. Excuse you. He does have one eye, is the thing. Um, That's, that can't be right. Um, it's oh possible God. that you are thinking of Espio the Chameleon, who is a completely different character. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Mighty the Armadillo does have the one eye. Well, maybe he's a hedgehog. Well, he is basically a hedgehog. He was... Uh, one of the original designs for Sonic. Um, and they were, they were like, no, no, no. A hedge, an armadillo is much too slow. We want a fast animal that moves fast and is very stylish and cool. So we are going to go with the hedgehog, I think. Mm-hmm. And that is a true thing. I believe it. I, I do wish Sonic had a human girlfriend in the first game. Man, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I mean, that's what they were doing from the beginning. If you really think about it, Sonic 06 is a return to the character's roots um, because he's got a human girlfriend and also is in a band with an alligator. Yeah, I do like that. Find the computer room. (laughs) Oh, God. Find the computer room. I don't want to think about the computer room. Um God, Sonic is bad. Sonic, is, Sonic really bad. is really bad, which is what is really fascinating to me about him. Because here's the thing. Mario is also bad. And mm-hmm. like there are so many examples of cash-in Mario games that have just been terrible. New Super Mario Brothers, a lot of the Mario Party games, a lot of the sports games. They're just all like basically anything that isn't like a core franchise game. And even mm-hmm. those you could argue are pretty like samey after a while. But like from uh, any number of perspectives, they're bad. They're bad games made by a company that cynically or that knows that it can just make money by putting Mario on something. Mm. Um, but it's in a really predictable kind of way. Like, oh, obviously a, a, comp- a corporation would be as lazy as possible and put Mario on a like some bad baseball game. Like, sure, I bl- I expect that. But like Sega is just like. What if Sonic had a human girlfriend? Or what if the Sonic's rival hedgehog had guns and drove a motorcycle and killed Dr. Robotnik? These are all really good ideas that we have 
And um, mm-hmm. we're just going to make some, we're just going to throw some games out there. And like, they're bad, but in this really bizarre, unexpected way. Yeah, even when they're like, marginally good. Like, I think Sonic Colors is the one that people always gravitate towards. It's like, oh, they made a good Sonic game. It's not. But like, he has alien friends who give him weird power. Like, why? Why does he, like, Sonic Unleashed is pretty okay, but why does he have a little... A little dog. So what if here's here's my new idea for a Sonic game? Um, What if Sonic turns into a werewolf, but we call it a werehog, even though Mm -hmm. were means man. So he's a man hog. Um, How would that be? That would be great. I think we should do that for sure. A really good idea. And what if he went around like cartoon, like Tex Avery cartoon versions of America, like. America and Kenya. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool, I think. I I don't understand what goes through the minds of the people at Sonic Team anymore. I thought I did at one point. I thought I understood when they made Nights in Dreams. They were like, let's do it's all about like dreams and how like psychology works. And I, I totally get that. I drive with that and also gender. But then somewhere around like two thousand and three they were like, now you're playing as three people. And there's like Metal Sonic, there's like four or something. I don't know. And I I don't know where I don't know where it all went wrong. Um, you know, Burning Rangers. They were like, let's do anime firefighters. This is kick ass. We'll set it to Jamiroquai. This is everything that you could possibly want. But now he's fighting. He's racing against birds. <laughs> and I don't know where I don't know where it all went wrong. I've been trying to find it. I. I think it was Sonic Adventure 2. I think that was the one. I think that probably marked the turning point. Here's a busty bat. I don't know, guys. This is all we got. Hamana, 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 hamana. You've seen that video, right? Which one? I think you know what one I'm talking about. We were just talking about Rouge the Bat. Oh, God. No, I actually haven't seen this video. There's a video that's the top 10 hottest female Sonic characters. (laughs) And uh, I will link it in the show notes, but Nick Robinson introduced it into my life. And since then, I have never known peace. Um, And Rouge is the number one spoilers, um, which like obviously because like I think she's the only Sonic character that has like titties. So um I think you're right. He had, she is the only one that has titties. What about... Oh, what Big the Cat? I mean, kind of Big the Cat, but like they're under fur, so it doesn't really count. That's true. She's got like that whole brassiere situation going on. There are pictures of this character in like the, the cartoon where she's just like bending over and like just really thrusting her cleavage out at people. And like, these are, I got these all from that video, which is like a really must watch because this, the guy who did it is just really enamored with, um, and the Sonic characters. And there is one line where he describes the character as about the size of an average human mother, uh, which is a really endearing phrase to me. (laughs) That is, that is the size of an average human mother. And also, mm-hmm. that character is the only mother in Sonic. Her name is Vanilla. Yeah. And uh, she's the mother of Krim the Rabbit. And as you so artfully put it on Twitter recently, um, well, if she's a mother, then I guess someone did. 
cream the rabbit, <laughs> which is the worst thing that I've ever heard. Well, why did you have to repeat it? I, well, people need to know your crimes. People, I feel like my crimes are well documented at this point. Well, um, I just want an audio record of them. I just need okay. to, it needs to be in as many formats as possible, really. Sure. I, I, the written word does not suffice when discussing Cream the Rabbit. Um, I'll, I'll accept that. Just, I won't accept Cream the Rabbit, though. <sighs> that name. I, she has a little friend, like a little chow friend named mm-hmm. Cheese. Cheese the Chow, which also isn't good, really. Not but great. It's not as bad as Cream the Rabbit, which every time I say it, I just feel like I need to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I had not I had not said Cream the Rabbit out loud with my my vocal parts for a good number of years. And like the dread is creeping well, up on Well, I tricked you. It's like that guy. It's like that Justice League character where if, if I can trick you into saying "cream the rabbit" out loud, then you have to return to your home dimension. Oh God! Here I go. Goodbye. I, going back to Sin Hell. Well, great. Well, maybe that's a good place to wrap up then. All right. Well, <laughs> cream, we're going to wrap up with Cream the Rabbit. Oh my God, we're ending on such a fucking note. But I guess like the whole episode is just this fucking jazz of these notes. We're just, we've really just hit them all. The Ornette Coleman of, I don't even know, torture. Yeah, we're going to be sifting through this one for a while, I think. Historians are going to be really just pouring over it. Um, but uh, we did mention your your album. Um, is there anything else you want to plug before we go? I'm working on a game that's not going to come out for a long time, but uh, that's called Ataka, and you can you can find links to it on my Twitter, which is at oh poor pup, like like a sad dog. Um, and yeah, I don't really have anything else to plug. That's about. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. And I'm very sorry about the entire experience. I sort of expected this. (laughs) You knew what you were getting into when you got that Skype invite, right? Yeah. When you told me Sonic was a Christ figure. Which I stand by. You still haven't justified this. Okay. Three points. No canonical mortal father. And do not come at me with that Archie Comics shit because that is not canon to the game universe. Uh, two. Um, what was the second one? I mean, he died for our sins, or he died at least and came back to life, which I think, you know, regardless of whether it's for our sins or not, he did save us, though. And also, he's rebelling against an unjust social order. He's fighting against, you know, Robotnik, who's like, a, you know, he's like a money lender or something. I mean, I yeah, the Gospel of uh, St. Matthew was the one where he talked about how... Um, we shouldn't put animals in robots. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, you know what? You're turning me around on this. I think this. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, and thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I will, uh, I will talk to you later. Maybe if you speak to me again after this. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.